Welcome to Branching Out, a podcast presented by the reporters and editors of the Acorn Newspapers, offering you a closer look at the news in your community. All right, it is Monday, August 23rd, 24th. I know that. Uh, This is the first time we're recording this, but uh, big news is that we're recording it together in the same studio for the first time since March. Good to see you, stranger. I know. It is very nice, and I will say it's nice to take advantage of uh, industrial air conditioning in these very trying times. Uh, So today, another first, well, not first, but another return to normal. Uh, We have a live interview in the the studio, uh, and when I say studio, I mean conference room. With uh, Las Virginis Unified Superintendent Dan Stepanowski, he's just going to fill us in on, you know, preparations the district has made for a return to school, like when they might be able to go back, like how they would make plans to go back to physical in on-campus learning, stuff like that, like what they're doing as far as distance learning, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this was the uh, first week that most of uh, the school districts in our area returned uh, for classes, which right now are all distance learning, remote online classes. Um, but with the big news this week was that Ventura County announced that it would start considering waivers from schools that uh, are looking to reopen. This is elementary schools only. They said because the numbers are improving, they would consider such requests. None have been granted yet. Now, that happen- hasn't happened in L.A. County yet, but I'm sure Dan is going to shed some light on what he's hearing about when that could happen and their plans on if it does. So look forward to talking. Oh, and just to uh, assuage any fears before they rise, uh, we're all wearing masks. We are doing our best to keep our distance from each other in this conference room. So, um, safety first. So, Dan, uh, I checked, uh, did a little background before you got here, and I just want to confirm. So, you came to Las Virginis as first as an assistant superintendent, right, in, in 2006, am I correct? So, correct. 14 years ago, and now eight years as superintendent. Is that right, 2012? Yep. Anything to compare um, with these last six months, what you've gone through? I mean, anything that – tell me about uh, – yeah. Honestly, I, was, I spent four and a half years in the Navy. I was a, a naval officer on two different ships, and honestly, that's what it compares more to. I mean, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so we used to have snow days, so we would cancel – you know, school got canceled a lot. Right. I got out here, 25 years in education, never canceled schools, and then Woolsey fire, and then, you know, two days last year with smoke and fires, and then – a global pandemic on March 13th. I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy. This summer for school superintendents in California, really across the country, I, I, I it's just been unbelievable, uh, especially here with there being, you know, weeks and months where it looked like we might be returning to some kind of hybrid in class and online, and then suddenly finding out in July that, no, you had to go back to all online. How was that transition for you, and what was it like receiving that news, and, and how's it been since? On one level, I wonder if you're not going to see massive levels of superintendent retirement. I mean, it's, you know, we're doing 10 hours a day all summer long, you know, not going anywhere. And I, the team at Los Angeles is amazing. If I didn't have that amazing team, I mean, really, you know, I'd almost get emotional about it. I mean, my directors and my assistant soups, you know, we just rolled up our sleeves and, you know, it's, you know, it's like laugh or cry. So let's laugh. I mean, you know, we didn't, no one got into education to spend time on Zooms. Teachers, you know, I've got great, great teachers, and and they're like, look, I want to be with kids. I want to be in classroom with kids. I want to talk about European history and physics and chemistry. And so um, it's been tough. It'll be fascinating to see, you know, two and five and ten years out from now. I will also candidly share at the risk of being too raw. There were times this 
through this that those have been some of the loneliest days of my professional life. Besides my team, I mean, because look at March. No one told us to shut down, right? We kept saying to the county public health, what do we do? What do we do? You know, and look, everyone's, you know, 100-year pandemic. So I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I mean, every, this, was, this, was, this was crazy for everybody. So on March, I think it was 11th or 12th, we made the decision. Of 100 school districts, we were the first in Ventura County and LA County to shut down. And I shared my, my email out with all the other superintendents. And other superintendents literally cut and pasted it and sent it to their parents. So, and I could tell, like, I didn't want to close. I really didn't. Um, but I could tell a lot of superintendents were stuck. And I'm like, we can't, we got to be stuck. We can't be stuck. Someone's got to do something here. And I mean, I, I didn't sleep for, you know, two weeks, you know, thinking about that kind of, and thinking about the decision. And I knew next door was LA Unified. And they're trying to figure out how to feed kids. So, you know, these are, these go, these quickly go beyond educational decisions into, you know, life and death kind of stuff. You know, you've got a pandemic and numbers rising and you got, you know, 82% free and reduced families, you know, at LA Unified next door. And, and, they, and I knew they were scrambling and trying to buy time on how to figure out the food part. Were people frustrated? Were any superintendents, do you think, frustrated that, or were they relieved that you took the first step, that you were the first one to say, let's do this? Or what was your, the reaction to some of them? Were people, you know, were they trying to all, couldn't all announce it exactly at the same time, right? Somebody had to be first. They're a great group, and, um, you know, we all work together. And, um, you know, in, in the superintendents out here, uh, Mark at Conejo, um, uh, Kelly at Moore Park and Jason at Simi, you know, Tony at Oak Park. We talk all the time and they're a great group. They're great. Honestly, other superintendents were a better resource for me than the counties and the states and the federal. Um, so, I, I th- yes, I think after we made the decision, um, you know, we felt better because, you know, we were safer. I mean, I thought we were going to have cases before we closed and we got in front of that. So I think public schools have done an amazing job of keeping staff and students um Safe. So, the, but but it was whiplash, you know, because in March there was really no direction, so we closed. Then in June, remember the governor came out and said we're going to open schools in July. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then yeah, in that July, was a weird. Yeah. Then in July, the governor came out and said we're closing in August. Then in August, they came out and said we've had a waiver. Then two weeks later, they said, well, we're not considering any waivers, and here are the guidelines for the waivers. Then we opened school on Wednesday, and Ventura and Orange County are accepting waivers. And I'm like, can we just like stick with something for two? days it was tough on a lot of people you know and um you know tough on um you know i've got good friends who are directors of hospitals and you know it's been tough on them and you know their staff and the first responders and you know the teachers the lust for staff i couldn't be more proud of i mean they're you know they're getting whiplashed also like you know we're closing when will we open you're not sure okay now we're opening now we're closing so they've been amazing the flexibility i mean i I just keep saying you know please be flexible patient and kind i mean you know, you, you, we can't control, there's a lot we can't control, but we can control how we respond to the adversity. So let's lift each other up. Um, you know, there's times when I think about like the things that I've lost, you know, I mean, my daughter's a junior uh, on the basketball team and she's a captain. I want to see her play. My son's trying out to be a kicker on the football team. Like I want to see them play. I want to see, you know, all the sports and the kids back in the gym. So if I get, if I go to a dark place, I think about the things that have been taken away, but there's just no, you know, focus on, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So focus on what you have and, and the positives. And there are positives. Look, our, my schedule's simpler. I spend more time with my family. We go on walks, you know, um, we more to face-to-face time instead of running out the door to the next event. So, 
you know, there's positives. Um, I, I wouldn't choose this path, but um, I think to focus on what you have and the blessings around you is is the path forward. That's great. Now, you point out that you work. It's really interesting. The, the superintendents, most of them you, you name there, are in Ventura County. And this has come up several times, how we're right here on the county line between Ventura and L.A. and how you're dealing with different realities, right? And, and, and we've heard it from a lot of people in Las Virginas saying they kind of want to be considered along with Ventura County in this. But the reality is you're dealing with L.A. County's rules, correct? Uh, how, how similar are those right now? It's really fascinating. The, we're sort of, uh, Las Virginas as a school district is sort of isolated. Because yeah, we are in Ventura County. Part of us is in is, we're in Los Angeles County. Sorry, the vast majority part of our district is in Ventura County. Well, I think we're the one of two maybe districts in the state that are in two different counties. Bell Canyon was actually supposed to be part of Simi Unified when they started developing it. But to get to Simi, you have to come through LA Unified, through Las Vegas, through Conejo. I mean, it's like crazy. So they incorporated with us. If you look at the map, there's literally half of a street in West Hills <laughs> that is in Las Virgenes. It's crazy. The map's crazy because you have to be contiguous. You can't have like islands right. out there. So it is challenging. Man, I'll, get, I'll be on a Zoom in the morning with the 80 LA County superintendents and Dr. Farrar. And then on the afternoon, I'll be on a Zoom with the Ventura County superintendents. And uh, one of my questions early on was, you know, are Dr. Farrar and Dr. Levin talking to each other? And I don't think they are very much. <laughs> so... Um, so initially, they both said they're not considering waivers, and then um, Dr. Levin came out this week and said he is, and, and Dr. Farrar is getting closer to it, but not. So it's it's confusing for our parents because, you know, they're like, well, what are we doing? So as a school district, we're isolated because we're in L.A. County, but it's most of our border is L.A. Unified, which is a four or 500,000 student yeah. huge school district. Compared to 2,000, you said how many, how many in Las Virginas? How many students? Yeah, 10,500. 10, so we're tiny, and so having connections and, and relationships with LA Unified is nearly impossible. So from that perspective, we're kind of isolated on that side. you got Santa Monica and the mountains on the other side, and then Ventura on the other side. So we end up spending a lot of time and communicating a lot with the um, Ventura County superintendents. But since I was from Beverly Hills, I know many of the LA County superintendents, Manhattan Beach, Redondo, Beverly Hills, San Marino. So, so I do get the most, best of both worlds. I get to see both schools of thinking and steal good ideas. Uh, yeah, you were saying that before we got on, before we started recording, that you kind of been in communication with the Conejo Valley, or at least looking at what they're doing and kind of modeling what Las Virginas did off of theirs. Like you said, you had a model you threw out the window. Yeah, we we were as as so we spent most of the summer planning on how to get kids back on campus. Yeah, and we we bought about a million dollars. We did about a million dollars in safety and health upgrades, uh, plexiglass, plexiglass for teachers, masks, face shields for everybody. I think we have um, 20 or so thermal scanners. You know, they're they're like a cell phone, and they can scan like like TSA has in a in a um, yeah uh, in the airport, and you can set it to monitor any temperature. So you we set it at 100.3. So if you're at 99, then you're green. If you're 101, you're red. And so there's a red box on your face, and so we can say, you know, Ian, can you step aside? We want to talk to you for a second. Wow. So, where does it, it faces as kids come into school? Yeah. Oh, it's not even a manned, or I mean, it is, but it's not like a handheld thing. It's like a. a it's got a, it's got a stand and everything. Oh like wow! That. Okay, I was just picturing like somebody standing. Yeah, there the with company's a... called I think called Fleer. It's really impressive. Yeah. That way, especially at your high schools where you could have a lot of kids coming and going, you know, you, you don't have time necessarily to do the individual touchless temperature right uh, device. So this this scans a crowd and and can scan a lot at a time. So we bought those. Um, we bought, uh, 
got so many different things. I can't even think of them all now. Uh, plexiglass thermal scanners. Uh, we did um, design of traffic flows, uh, moved desks. Um, like I said, spent almost a million dollars to get ready for the opening of schools. And then five weeks before school started, you know, we, we were working with all the county superintendents. We all figured it would, the, the numbers, you know, after coming out of July were horrible. Yeah. And um, now the numbers are looking better. So it's it's been a Herculean lift. And But, yeah, Conejo's had some great ideas. And, and um, you know, we, I, I'll, I'm not too proud to steal good ideas. So, and I'm happy to give Conejo credit. They did some great work on, on the reopening of schools. One, and I, I should say now I, I, my, I have a daughter at Agora High School, so I'm an, an LVUSD parent. So one thing that really struck me, just tons of communications over the summer. <laughs> videos you've recorded, um, whether it's emails, phone messages, and I know Mark and Canal Valley, all these superintendents have been doing this. Um, but I was struck by the message you put out after, you know, the news came where you couldn't reopen. And I got criticized a little bit that people were saying, I wasn't insinuating that you were disagreeing with it, but I almost heard in your voice just how frustrated and maybe disappointed was the right word. Um, but were you, I mean, was it, cause it seems like you said, did you feel you were ready at that point or had done everything you could to make sure kids were going to be safe when they came back or? Uh, well, I just was heartbroken for the kids. You know, so many of us were had pegged our hopes on, you know, reopening. And um, it, just to be in back, you know, after the Woolsey fires and after the smoke from last year, to be back in the place of, oh, my God, I'm canceling school again, was just, you know, heartbreaking. I knew, you know, I have a sense of the impact on kids. I mean, we're not going to know. I think I mentioned before we started recording, you know, we studies two and five and ten years from now. I mean, what will be the impact on kids? I, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe they cherish interpersonal relationships and connections and communication more than ever, or maybe they drift apart a little bit. It's, you know, um, I'm not sure what the impact on our kids is. I'm worried. I'm blown away by how well our students and our parents and community and staff have pulled through. I mean, if you'd, if you'd said, okay, here's a tabletop exercise and we're going to have a global pandemic and shut you down for six months, how's everyone going to do? And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, so I'm blown away by the resilience um, and people helping each other out and lifting each other up and being kind. Um, but layering on top of that, the economic challenges, um, is, it's a lot to throw at people. Uh, I'm curious. I know you were doing the, that Las Virginas was continuing its school lunch program through the summer just to make sure that kids were getting fed. Is that something that's still going on now that school has resumed? Yep. Still have. Yeah. We, there, you know, there was just, when things get rough, you just have to make some decisions and you, when it's complex, like for me, it's just, what are your values? And I saw food lines on the news and I'm like, you know, we got to do what we can do. We're keeping open. And we weren't funded for it at all. And two agencies stepped forward to help out. The Calabasas Rotary mm-hmm. did a fundraiser. Uh, and AYBA, Agora Youth Basketball Association. And Drew Fine was the CEO there. And they um, uh, they donated uh, $7,000. And I think the Rotary put together a $6,000 benefit. Yeah. just to help out. Um, so thanks to those two organizations. And um, yeah, it was just something we had to do. Yeah. And we kept staff on and we, we've never kept, you know, a cafeteria open in the summer. And we're still open and providing meals at all of our secondary schools for our free and reduced families. And over the summer, anyone, any, any, it had to be students. Yeah. Had to be under 18, but anyone could come in. So we had families from Oak Park, Conejo, and Woodland Hills as yeah. well. It's, it, no, I mean, it's one of those, you started seeing headlines shortly after this happened, but that's one of the issues you don't think about with schools closing is kids getting lunch. Yeah, I think you guys did an amazing job of ensuring that families still had that option available to them during this whole And thing. families can sign up anytime. It's a great chance to plug that. I mean, you know, there's, uh, the, you know, we're always worried if there's a stigma, you know, if you, if you need help, get help. We're yeah. here. It's, you know, and we've, we're very discreet about it and, um, you know, 
take care of your family, to take care of your kids, and, and we could be a part of that support network. Yeah. So since we have you, you know, literally days into the, the new school year and this new uh, remote learning reality, can you give us any kind of update on, on how the first couple of days have gone? What have you heard so far? I'm sure there's going to be kinks in this kind of thing, but what, what has gone on? Yeah, it's challenging. I mean, I, I can't thank the staff and students and parents enough. Um, in the spring, you know, we had relationships and connections, and the teachers knew their kids, and the kids knew their teachers, and they knew what to expect. But this is all brand new. You know, we've got, especially at, you know, kinder, sixth, and ninth grade, they're they're brand new to teachers, and they're brand new to a whole school. So um, that's we're trying to be especially sensitive to that and lean in there, but it is hard for teachers to make those connections. So all of our elementary schools did like a, a materials pickup, which was amazing. I tweeted out some pictures, and the families could drive by, and each grade had you know a certain time. So like kinder would be you know eight to nine, and first grade would be nine to ten. And so they came by, they opened up their trunk, we gave them materials, and the teachers were standing there. They got to wave, and the kids stayed in their car. Everyone stayed distant, but it was a chance just to you know be near the teacher, just to say hello and just to say welcome, which is the small things matter a lot. How are you set up for remote? How do you feel? Because that's what we heard a lot from parents in the spring, and I know you did as well, that it just wasn't what they were hoping for. It just, you know, and I've heard a lot from Canelo Valley how many efforts they've made to improve that. Can you tell us a little bit about where you think you're at with how you're set up for remote learning? I mean, sure. We learned a lot in the spring, and we tried to apply what we learned. And so one of the, we did a lot of work with our associations, our unions, and we set out clear expectations and schedules and model schedules that are all on our website at lvusdupdates.org. Um, and we shared them with all the districts around us. We stole, you know, stole, I borrowed or used ideas from other districts as well. And just trying to make it as good as possible. And you're trying to balance. I mean, there are families who, you know, are concerned about Zoom time and too much Zoom time. There's families that, you know, can't get enough Zoom time. And there's, you know, synchronous and asynchronous. And so synchronous is direct. You know, the, you know, sort of the, the teacher directly interacting with the whole class or small groups. Asynchronous is, hey, watch this 10-minute video on the Civil War. And then we're going to come back and we're going to go through these three questions or you're going to write this essay, you know, that kind of thing. So both can be very effective. You know, you don't want to use too much of either one, but you have to find that right balance. And teachers have been working hard on that, getting our assessments up online, using Google Classroom. Um, Harvard had a, had some great information on, on the best practices. There's Zoom tips for teachers, Zoom tips for parents and students we've pushed out, you know, leave the camera on, right? You know, that encourages a, le- a new level of engagement, right? Um, and we also tell parents, you know, routine matters, you know, set the alarm clock, get up, shower, have that breakfast, uh, not just two cups of coffee, but have a real, a real healthy (laughs) breakfast. Don't be like the superintendent. And, um, you know, those little things, uh, you know, matter. It's like, have you been, have you been going around to campuses? Cause I know your teachers are in the classroom teaching to an empty class. That's gotta be such a strange thing to see, to be partaking in. What's that like? So one of the advantages, yes, you know, what's different from the spring and now is our campuses are open. Before, you know, we shut everything down. I mean, everyone's gone. So we have our office managers, we have our counselors, our psychologists, our principals, assistant principals. And we've opened up our classrooms to our teachers, which is awesome. And, and I'm stunningly surprised how many are taking advantage of it. It's great. And it's helping us with our own sense of community and connection. So it's great to see cars in the parking lot to be yeah. honest with you you know you talk about the bar is low um and then you know walking around to you know because all summer long I mean, it was just I, I felt like i was you know superintendent for 14 
empty you know campuses like it was just the strangest you know yeah. thing ever I'm leading like, a ghost town we're the largest you know land you know own, own more property than anyone else in the entire you know, four city region and just sat vacant and had to be vacant it was just like wow this is um you know strange so it's great to have staff on campus and we love it and um that's a, been an added benefit because we've got a robust wi-fi and internet and you know good speed and we've got you know certainly from an ex-physics teacher you've got all of your materials supplies, document cameras. Um, so it's been a super positive to have, you know, more people around and, and be able to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, were you, I feel like I've heard from other superintendents to the credit of your district seemed a little more well prepared in terms of having the technology and and students having equipment to make this transition maybe more so than others. Can you talk about that? Was that something that obviously just worked out that way? Um, or, had you know, you had made a commitment to technology years ago, right, that, that made this a little bit easier? Yeah, our, our, our school board and CTO deserve a lot of credit. We made a significant commitment to going one-to-one quite some time ago. If one remember, to one is one device for every student. Yeah, one device for every student. And the challenge was finding the device. Remember, there was a lot of pressure there for a while with iPads. Remember, LA Unified did iPads for everybody. And our CTO, yeah, I mean, I'm not a tech expert. I mean, I love my tech, and I'm happy to learn, but I'm, I'm you know, I certainly wouldn't consider myself the person, you know, best position. So our CTO, Jim Klein, did a great job. He said, don't do it. iPads are limited. I mean, they're great for preschool. They're great for K, maybe first grade, but then you need, you know, more, more sophisticated apps. So... We looked around and went with Acer, and um, we just got another shipment of another 700 in. So we initially weren't going K2 on Acer's, and now obviously everyone's getting one. So our infrastructure was good. Our servers were good. We had um, fiber out to all of our schools, so we were well positioned. Here's a funny little story. I was I was reading the newspapers from about what was happening in China, and I was worried about it. And I um, was watching it closely. I mean, you know, when China starts shutting things down, you know, there's – it's not hard to imagine that, you know, with international flights, things can move quickly nowadays. So I was talking to schools and I said, train your folks up, get ready on Zoom. Um, this is, could be coming. Yeah. And so th- there was one of the teachers at Calabasas High School was really good at Zoom. And so he was going to do a lecture for the teachers. And this was a week before he closed. This was the, the week, uh, the Monday of. And so Mondays we have all the teachers on, on, on the same schedule. And so the teacher showed up and said, oh, gosh, I forgot to get a sub. Let's do it next Monday. I said, no, we don't have next Monday. Like, I don't know if we have Tuesday. We're getting you a sub, and you're meeting with all the teachers today. And by that Friday, we were done, you know. And so we, we pushed things and, you know, you try not to scare people, but like, hey, I, th- I think a train is coming. Yeah. Let's do what we can and get ready. So um, I think we made some good early moves that helped. But we've made plenty of mistakes also. Um and uh, and we'll keep making mistakes and and we'll try not to but we're going to try some things also and 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 you know we'll give you our best we're going to work hard and roll up our sleeves and Kanehao and Oak Park can see me they're all doing the same thing everyone's working super super hard yeah now as far as like you know like you say you're doing your best keeping up with distance learning you're figuring out what you're doing but there is going to come a point somewhere soon on the horizon hopefully of returning to in-person instruction and and or at least a discuss that discussion starting to happen how quickly can you pivot from distance to on campus and what would that look like i think we can pivot pretty quickly honestly um and we built our schedules like that um so yeah we are um as i said in all the webinars we did a bunch of webinars which was a terrific idea and we'll probably start this up again soon 
And I said candidly in those webinars a couple of different things. You know, one, things will change, right? You know, and the funny thing I have to add now is the things you don't want to change will change, you know? <laughs> so I've had a lot of parents who are like, well, what happened to this? And I'm like, remember I said things would change? Right. And I know this is one of the things you didn't want to change. So count on the things you don't want to change, change. Um, so we're um, looking long and hard at the waiver process. And the waiver is such a terrible word. Because you hear waiver and you, it, you you think, oh, they're like waiving health and safety. No. You're getting around something, something. Yeah, you're getting around something. We are, In fact, it's quite the opposite. We're adding elements to our reopening plan and safety uh, procedures like testing. We're looking very seriously at having some testing for our staff soon. Um, and, um, you know, that's a, a big part of it. If and when we open, can we test our staff and then, you know, what do you do with students? Do you, how do you deal with testing of students? So bottom line, we're looking seriously at waivers, um, especially at, you know, the K-3 level. I mean, my I've got a junior and a sophomore, and, and look, high schoolers have learned a lot and, and can learn independently. Kinder, first and second grade, that's, you know, they're yeah. not there yet, and, yeah. and they shouldn't be there yet. They're where they should be, and they're where they are. But, um, you know, being on Zoom is, you know, a whole level of difficulty for those teachers and those students. So, um Los Alamitos was approved by Orange County Office of Education to open up. They submitted a waiver on August 13th. They were approved August 20th, and they're going to have kids on campus September 8th. So I've been, uh, you know, getting back to the theme of, you know, stealing good ideas from other places. I've yeah. been emailing their superintendent, and we're going to watch closely. And What grades were they? They were all K through 6, K through... Uh, I, so my understanding of the waiver is you're approved... Um, I suppose preschool through sixth only, but you can do anything you want. So if we apply for a waiver and if it's approved, I would start with TK to three. That's my thinking today, which could change, right? Yeah. Put that asterisk on there. Anything and everything can and will change. But uh, TK to three, those, those grades, are, for all the reasons I just mentioned, they're especially needy and they're not they're not well developed independent learners. They're not independent learners at all at this point. Um, and our class sizes are 24 below. So if we go to an AMPM cohort, you know, you've got 12 or so kids in a class, so which is very manageable for us. So, so if you can apply for the waiver and get the waiver, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to reopen if you don't want at all. Or you can open kinder, or you can open six. So I, I assume um, Los Alamitos asked to open up six of their schools. So I'm guessing they're going K-6. Now, we know there's going to be some parents hearing you say this, and they're going to get really excited. And we also know there's parents that hear that, and they and they get scared. And, and, and I see that's what superintendents are dealing with. There's two people that look at this whole thing so differently. How are you going to deal with that? Or do you know where your parents are at right now in terms of – I know uh, CVUSD did a survey many months ago, though, just to try to gauge what, how many parents were ready to, to bring their kids back for some kind of in-class. How do you deal with – those two competing. Yeah, what we what this. we tried to say in our webinars was, um, you know, it's just total exercise in communication. You know, communication is so much of you know you guys are in the communication business, so communication is so important. So what we tried to say is, look, put your kid on on campus if you're comfortable coming back. I don't know if it's August nineteenth. I don't know if it's January first. I don't know if it's you know May first. We want. I you know I, I consistently said I'm going to be aggressive about this. We you know. We've got 14 campuses. You know, they're, they're, they're much better with kids on them. You know, we have these things called classrooms, and we're going to try something crazy and put kids in them. I know it's a crazy idea. Um, so we tried to say, look, you know, you've got to develop, you, you know your family and your, your, your family circumstance. 
no judgment. I mean, if you if you don't want to come back on campus, I get it. There's very, very valid reasons. This is a serious virus. So if you don't want to come back on campus, please choose our virtual academy, and we're going to keep that up all year. If you are willing and able to come back on campus, and I don't know what it's going to look like because you know we, we, we're asking families to make this decision on July 24th, and I know a lot more now, um, you know, not even a month later. So How many were, at that point, were most leaning towards coming back? So our initial yeah. survey, 70 wanted to come back on campus, 30 wanted to stay off campus. Then when we, when we um, asked them to make their final decision, it was 80-20. Which really? that surprised me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Even though you've really been touting this virtual academy, and I know you're very proud of it, but still with that. Yeah, we were surprised. I, I thought the numbers, especially, remember, we, we asked them to decide by July 24th. The numbers were really bad on July 24th. Yeah. Like, you know, that was a different world right now. I mean, we, L.A. County was at 350 cases per 100,000. We're now at 222. So it's dropped. I knew it would get better. Yeah. Because we tightened things up in August and early July. I had no idea it would get that much better that quickly. So, Is there a concern on the teacher side about being back in the classroom? Oh, sure. Yeah, we were having discussions today with our classified association. We have, we have a certificated, which is teachers, nurses, counselors, and classified, which is gardeners, cafeteria, uh, campus supervisors, you know, that kind of stuff. So almost 500 or so in each. We're the largest employer in our region at uh, over 1,100 employees. So we were discussing with our classified employees today, and, you know, and their comfort and safety more than more than you know. I mean, if you feel safe, you're going to feel comfortable. Safety is the prior, the the driving word there. So, you know, we're looking at testing. You know, making testing available to our staff. And um, we had that discussion with our classified staff um, today, and it went over very well. So these are you know these are extra layers. None of them are a panacea. Nothing saving. Nothing. You know, no, there's no silver bullet here. I wish there were, but by adding those layers and showing them what we've done and Really what it comes down to is, you know, following the protocols. Yeah. You know, if you if you follow the protocols, we'll be in good shape. If you take the mask off if, or if you if you feel symptomatic and come to school, I mean, you know, especially with parents, if if and when we come back to school, they get, you know, when the kids don't feel great, you got to keep them home. Yeah. You yeah. can't you you have to look out for your your kids, your family and everyone else. I mean, more than ever, the decisions we make impact those around us. So uh, that's it. And we're seeing that at colleges. Right. Yeah. You know, you saw that in some of the bars here in L.A. and Georgia, Florida, different places like that. Um, so people have to make the right decisions. Yeah. We can, we're counting on each other more than ever. That's interesting. But you didn't set a date like we're definitely staying remote for this long, did you? Now, that was interesting. I feel like some other school districts did that and maybe locked themselves in. So, I mean, in theory, you left it open that when you could, you would you potentially return. That's interesting. Yeah, I was hoping to get kids back as soon as, you know, September 8th, right after Labor Day. But, yeah. It's an impossible situation to have everyone happy or even a vast majority. So we, we make the best decisions we can, you know, and, and move forward. So yeah, we're, I don't see anything, I don't see it happening September eighth. LA is getting closer to getting off the watch list. There are six different criteria that they watch, and it's well laid out at the state's website. And LA meets all the criteria except one. Um, I think there's um, hospitalization rate has to be low. Testing numbers have to be high. Both of those have always been good in L.A. I think L.A. County has 100 hospitals in it. Um, ICUs have to be available. Positivity rate, I know that's one. Seven Positivity rate. rate has to be 8% or lower. We're at 5.7%. I didn't know where that was. So it's only that case rate, right? The 14-day case rate has been holding everyone. 14-day case rate is the only thing. And, and Ventura County is below that. I think Ventura County was around 112 two days ago. 
98 three days ago. So they're right there, that just a little above 100. Well, I appreciate you coming in here. I mean, like you said, this has been a tough time for superintendents. And now with the news of the waivers, I'm really interested to see what happens over these next couple of weeks because now it's back, the, the ball's back in, in the local hands again and making your decisions. So I appreciate you coming in and answering our questions because, you know, I know there's it's hard to say anything right now because you don't know if it's going to be true, right, in, in a couple of weeks. But uh, I know it's going to be reassuring to parents. And, you know, I know a lot that, that do want to come back, and students especially. My daughter, a senior at Agora, you know, she can't wait to get back. I mean, all those activities, and I know you're big with sports and all extracurriculars, they miss that stuff. And uh, that's part and parcel, I think, of school, if I can editorialize for a bit. But interested to see what, what, what shakes out. We are at about 35 minutes. I know we told you this was about as long as it was going to take. And as we've discussed, you're a very busy man. So uh, we'll happily let you go unless there's any last things, last subjects on this we haven't No, discussed. just really just appreciation from the bottom of my heart to the staff and the parents and the students and the community. Um, you know, the, the local cities have been terrific. Agora, Westlake, Hidden Hills, Calabasas, all those council members, they've reached out. They've, they've really been terrific. Um, and, you know, kindness matters. Let's lift each other up. You know, if, if you're home and you're a parent, shoot your teacher a thank you note. Yeah. Um, you know, shoot the principal a thank you note. Um, you know, it, those little things matter now. I mean, this is this is kind of a grind for everybody. Yeah. And I promise we, we, we want our kids and our staff back in the classrooms, and we will have a big party when that happens. S- send your superintendent a Starbucks gift card, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks again for coming on down. Sure. All right. So um, that was Dan Stefanoski. Uh, very informative. Very. Uh, I always like talking to Dan. He's very forthcoming. He reaches out to me a lot with story ideas or just lets me know what's going on in Las Vegas. He's a very communicative superintendent, which seems like something. He's a people person. He's yeah. Yep. That seems like something. I don't have kids, uh, but if I was, if I did, and they were in his district, that's what I would want. So um, I meant to share a story when he was here. First time I ever really uh, met him in person was he was at um, an education foundation uh, foundation fundraiser, and he was the uh, the MC. Yeah. And he was. He's jumping off the stage, running into the crowd. I mean, he just, you, you're like, who is that guy? That's the superintendent, yeah. you know? I mean, he, he loves his job. You can tell he's excited about it, and he does, you know, he's, he is who he is. Yeah. You know? He did raise one interesting point. Um, well, not, he raised many interesting points, but there was one thing that stood out to me that I, there was nothing to discuss, but I know his um, thesis was on um, active shooters. Like, that's a big thing that he is aware of, and he's taken steps to make sure that the schools are safe. And when he just started talking about the long-term impacts of this in terms of, like, superintendents retiring or, like, school planning going forward, I was just wondering if we're going to see a wave of, of new faculty and administrators who will come up and be making their name on plans for situations like this, where yeah. schools have to close down, but school can't stop, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that we always joke about how, you know, schools get the summer off, and, and, and we know that we know that's not exactly the truth at all. A lot of work goes on, but this summer, I mean, think about it. I mean, it must have been, I mean, not a, really a minute to, to yeah. rest or yeah. you know, take a breath, so... Appreciate him taking some time to come out here and share that with us. And I think it was interesting. He sounded, you know, very much like he is interested in, in getting to a place where they can send kids back. Yeah. And um, I know that's, like I said, that's going to be exciting news for some parents. We'll see how the numbers. I feel like we're going to jinx it, right, man? Like, we're, I, I ran a story this week saying we're almost off the watch list. And I got home last night and I saw we had, you know, I don't know, 130 new cases. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. We were talking about, I'm like, half of the, I'm just thinking in my head, like, half this information is going to be outdated by 
the time we air this. That's a great point. Yeah, we're doing this on Friday, and who knows by Monday, but um, things are changing quickly, so I'm glad he could come in and share that perspective. And I'm sure, again, like he said, all all the superintendents have been dealing with this, and they all have the best interest of their kids and and the safety of their kids in mind, but it's it's a real challenge because of uh, of the divide and how people look at this so differently. But but this was fun. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Um, It definitely... Like I said at the beginning, it's nice to have industrial air conditioning, <laughs> especially as hot as it's been. Um, no, and I like in the same vein that like you know schools are coming, maybe coming back, waivers and stuff. Like yeah, I can start coming back to the office a little bit more often. It's, it's a good sign. I was joking with John yesterday because I was in here and he's John like, yeah, my yeah my editor Johnny. He's like, we got more work done in a half an hour today than we have like in a week <laughs> of quarantine. Like, yeah, that's true. It's much yeah. easier to figure stuff out. Anyway. Uh, it's Friday. Everything's closed, so we're not going to go party after this, but yeah, uh, we are still going to leave. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. This has been Branching Out. My name is Ian Bradley. I'm a reporter for the Acorn Newspapers. Follow me on Twitter at Ian underscore reports. That's I-A-N. Of course, this is Kyle Jory, editor of the Thousand Oaks Acorn. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle B. Jory. I was quite active today. A lot going on. Check me out. Uh, that doesn't make Check him out. Stop. Check this him is... out. Stop. <laughs> this is all staying in. I'm doing it again. No, this is not. all staying in. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let's stay in. Uh, just saying there's a lot of news going on, but yeah. uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Please subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Uh, excited about the information we've had lately, and I just, I'm just i hoping people are out there listening. If you are, reach out to us. Tag us on Twitter. Send us an email. Uh, let us know you're out there. Yeah. Email address that. is branchingoutpod at theacorn.com. Twitter is – no, I got that backwards. I always do that. The Twitter account is branching out pod and the email address is branching out at the acorn.com. We need a new social media manager for that account. That's the problem. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.